So podcasts are always interesting, right? The first podcast that I did was about is technology a pain in the butt, uh, where we discussed the good and the bad and the ugly of technology. We switched gears to the chaos of a startup. In the last episode, we spoke about investments. But around all these, there is one element which is very key to any kind of business, company, product. That is people. This time, we are going to talk all about people. Now, my team, which is even doing this podcast, is a large team. And they don't have the confidence in me that I can actually do a podcast alone. Right? So they've always told me to get a guest on board to keep me in check. So I've always got a guest to keep me in check for these things. But even this team together, they have subtle ways of getting back at me. This time's guest is uh, Sumit Sabarwal, the VP HR for Fujitsu. And uh, you can see the crazy difference between us, right? I have so much more hair than him. So I found out that my team actually went the distance to tell him, please don't tie your hair, leave it open so that we can take a subtle dig at me. And this is how we roll because ultimately it's all about people. Sumit, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Thank you, Gautam. Um, I, I, I am not new to something like this, uh, but, but the fact is that um, I'm very happy to be here. Um, I'm still very happy that people who have less here can still kind of pull off the start in a, in a good conversation. So I think um, um, I would say your team is in the safe hands. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> from that perspective, but, but very happy to be here. Um, my name is Sumit. I head the HR for Fujitsu Global Delivery Centers. Um, I'm based out of Pune uh, into the 10th year. Uh, a beautiful life and, and a lot of good people around to kind of talk to and interact with and of course, Something similar that you and I have is that there are very subtle ways of the teams getting back, but that's in part and parcel of right. everybody's life. So, as a gatekeeper, <laughs> okay, you we, uh, so I have ridiculously biased opinions, and uh, it'll be great to have this kind of conversation where we get our audience the real deal behind you know what what happens behind the scenes, how does uh, the human resources team. And personally, if you look at me cringe when I say human resources, it's because I don't consider humans as resources. They're people, developers, engineers. This podcast would be specifically around a lot of people. Because of our background, it will also reflect towards uh, people in the IT industry. Mm. But it is probably going to be generic across all industries. Mm. The first and foremost thing that comes to my mind right now is that the way people have been looking at jobs for a long time. Uh, let's talk about uh, Gen X. The, I mean, the people who were born till the 1980s. Mm. Especially in India, they were like, keep your job. Mm. It was all about job security. People mm. getting into the same job for 30, 40 years, having a retirement plan with that company. Mm. Mm. Uh, provident fund mm. was important. Public provident fund was important. Mm. They are building that company, job security, very important. Mm. Me, we were the millennials, the 1980 to 2000 born people. For us, job security was never, it, we had a lot of jobs available. Mm. So job security was not important, but comfort was. Mm. So I want a car, I want a house, I go on vacations. 
I have a salary and I will quit my job when I have bigger, better aspirations in terms of work, role, uh, money, things like this. The problem I see, Sumit, is that the Gen Z, which is 2000 onwards, people born after 2000, they have been living in comfort. And when I say comfort, internet is the biggest comfort. So what drives these people? What drives Gen Z to stick around in a company? Hmm. Because company is all about the culture. Hmm. What is your opinion about mil uh, the Gen Z hmm. sticking hmm. around and being wanting to be a part of the company? Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, again, as you said that I need to keep you in check for a couple of things. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, we quite a bit talk about Gen Z, but Gen Z is a part of it. I'm millennial. You're a millennial. Millennial still holds a larger population in the workforce today. I mean, on an average age, that we would be anything between 29 as a country or 32 in terms of working professionals. I would say that um, while I would be more than happy to give you a perspective of Gen Z, uh, but also what overlaps is millennials that we have. And I think there are similarities in both of them. They have common aspirations. While you very clearly differentiated that a lot more of millennials is comfort and convenience. I think uh, a lot of the current generation, uh, or Zen Zs, what you talk about typically, are all about the fact that today I'm going to work, tomorrow I'm going to take a break for six months. The whole concept of even sabbatical is thrown out of the window today. So now it's called staycation. <laughs> staycation, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's how uh, hotels in Dubai will sell you programs yep. uh, and staycations, and that's how the Instagram Reels and the world is uh, 15 seconds. I don't believe you can work from home. You can work for home but you cannot work from home. And the reason I say this is there is only 1% of the people. Even before, even before COVID, where office culture was office culture, you come to office and work. Even then, you always had this 1% to 5% of your company who was working from home. These were the self-motivated, mm. who knew were very conscious about time. Mm. They were very conscious about being available. They were very conscious about the work output going mm. through. COVID taught people to be lazy mm. and realized that, oh, mm. I have now got a loophole. Mm. At Josh, we are very particular. You have to work from office mm. unless and until you have, you are the exception to the rule. Mm. Unless and until you are able to tell us very solid reasons why you need to work from home. Mm. And if you're not able to get there, come to office or work from home, Permanently. Mm. Mm. Not for us. Mm. Mm. And, and again, I think Gautam, uh, different organizations or different styles operate for different organizations and culture. I'm not going to be opinionated on what one organization or Fujitsu would do. My very personal opinion is to a point that um, are we putting a right balance? Because one of the things from human resources perspective, and that's where I bring the difference between millennials and Gen Z is that a lot more is what they've been asking about is space. If you actually narrow down, you're not wrong on the fact that be binary about work from home, your office may come. And neither they're wrong about gray. So I it's mean, an and and an or condition in your technical language that oh we're man. typically talking about. Uh, but for me, from a human resources perspective, is a lot more about what do we need to do to make people move to a common objective? Because at the end of the day, organizations don't run on charity. Organizations run on some mandate that you have. Right. So I think from my perspective, what is important is that 
can your organization or can you run in a way that will benefit to all, will drive a lot more inclusion, will make it sure people are happy. Because if people are not happy, you're going to end up making them seeing, making reels through the day. While it may be a cool company, you're not getting a product out of your door. So I love this concept where we have changed the definition of inclusion, where inclusion used to be very gender related. Today, ah. it is situation environment related. Exactly. And inclusion is important in the company, where uh, either the company pays for an internet connection for at your house, yeah. uh, company pays for commute, uh, a company says, you know what, if you have to do, you, please, please go get yourselves a, a subscription from some OTT mm. because you have to defocus. I care about your mental health, mm. right? Uh, at Josh, we have a, a full-time counselor in the office mm. where there are sessions organized and people go to her and they talk to her and they come up happier mm. or at least get that burden off their shoulder. Mm. Conducting these online sessions sometimes becomes tough, but she does that too. Mm. Now, I like this, uh, the, the definition of inclusion that we are adding, mm. where inclusion was, is all about your, what used to be called work-life balance, mm. to being mentally healthy. Mm. But at the same time, not at the cost of productivity. Mm. Now, once we talk about the word productivity, there has always been in the industry an 80-20 rule. 20% 20 mm. of the people do 80% of the work. Mm. Inclusion and work-life balance and availability bring in the loophole mm. of lack of productivity, fake productivity. Mm. In other words, what people term as moonlighting. Mm. Now, my personal opinion is Moonlighting, just to give give the right definition of moonlighting from my perspective, and it's a lot of different perspectives. Mm. You make money on the side, you do some freelancing work, mm. uh, you are giving your commitment to the company, may not be giving the commitment, but you want to do some other things too. Mm. So you want a stable job, but you also want to work on the side. Mm. My opinion, two things. Do moonlighting. It's great, nothing wrong with it. But not at the cost of your work, mm. which means that if you are going to take on uh, some freelancing gigs, by all means do it, but please don't use the office laptop for it. Mm. Use your personal laptop and do it because the data that gets shared cannot, mm. so I will not tolerate mm. data breach. Do it on your own time, mm. do it on your own space, do it with your own resources like a laptop. Mm. Do it over the weekends, do it at night, but at not at the cost of delaying work in or for the company mm. and that balance is very difficult to get today because some people start realizing that oh I'm already getting a salary mm. yeah, it's okay I can instead of, I can push deadlines mm. I can call in sick and when I'm calling in sick I actually do some other work to make more money mm. and the moment the money becomes your goal and not a means to an end your inclusion your productivity all these things come out in the open and the company goes and cuts your feet and brings you back to ground. Yeah. So, you know, you want me to be on this podcast to be uh, be real. So let me give you a couple of things in a real. And, and uh, while I completely appreciate that your opinions are pretty black and white, as a matter of fact, I believe that a lot of leaders or people who are running organizations should be that black and white because 
a lot of time people in the organization are still not clear because we don't communicate right. very clearly. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll answer part of your earlier question, which is saying that we did everything to make people comfortable from dongles to laptops to stickers to the younger generation. So younger generation ko laptop ke saath ghar pe stickers bhi chahiye. Jo fancy wale hone yep. so to that level organizations have gone and then all of a sudden I've seen with all pampering happening last year most of the organization went into a balanced co-cart with a major KPI as productivity and for us as an HR guys it was like a, a swing it was a swing that we are kind of taking care of people because they should be happy to now productivity and you can't just check productivity of people sitting at home now in this, uh, and nobody's wrong because of the fact that as the market evolves, as people come back, you want to kind of make sure that you're profitable. And as I said, the real deal is to kind of make it sure that everybody's a win-win. I think for me, fundamental question that we should think about is not about inclusion. For me, fundamental, a subcategory within inclusion is belongingness. And hear me out, Gautam. Uh, Belongingness is something where I see a tandulkar walking, a kid walking with a bat and the bat stays back and the guy's now dragging himself with, with this. Is, that's where belonging happens. Is, do I feel early in the morning to get up, dress up, be myself, go to office and work? And if I have that feeling, then I will be responsible for the laptop that I'm using. I will be responsible for what I am doing. I think the real deal for me is that the organization is genuinely investing or the manager is genuinely investing into people about feeling belonged. And belonging can as simple as start with the way you say coffee discussion instead of asking about what is happening at a macro level, you can ask that person, how are you feeling? A yep. question just around on how are you feeling kind of makes a person feel belonged. Absolutely. Uh, all these conversations around inclusion and diversity and all is great. But I think I have a very strong opinion saying that if you don't create a culture where person feel belong, the person does not feel that I have an investment in the organization, your ESOPs will not drive investment of people in belongingness. But the belongingness is a key word. I love that word. So belonging to a company should yeah. not be that I am part of this company. This company is a part of me. Exactly. And if I go to office on a Monday morning, I'm excited. Because I'm doing something that not only my company, the people around me, people whom I report to, the people who are reporting to me, everyone's enjoying the work. Exactly. So enjoyment, belongingness works. So it is a very common philosophy about MAP, Mastery, Autonomy and Purpose. You may be an excellent technical uh, developer or uh, you know, a good brain. You've mastered into something. You also need to be given the freedom to do it your way, freedom to figure out mistakes and learn from it. But above all, you need to have a purpose of why am I doing something? I often have this analogy with people that uh, especially when I'm talking to uh, students who are in their maybe third year or final year who are going to get a job and I tell them that I'm coming for an interview and uh, there's a window here I'm asking you to please jump out of the window. Will you do it? Mm. And first instant reaction is, no, I won't. I was like, but dude, you didn't ask me the purpose. Exactly. I have seen that you have mastery of climbing a window. Okay. I'm giving you the freedom, the autonomy to see how you want to climb it. You want a stool, you want a ladder, you want help. You want two people to push you out. Third thing is you haven't looked at the purpose. Mm. 
I may be asking you to jump out of the window because I want you to get onto the platform mm. and service the AC compressor. Mm. But in your mind, the mm. purpose was he wants me to jump out of a window. Mm. So until you don't know the purpose behind any action and you don't apply your mastery in the way you want it, you will always be unhappy. Mm. Mm. And once you are unhappy, you are going to carry that little bit of unhappiness deep down your in your heart and it all comes out like a volcano when you think that the company doesn't care about me. But but, but exactly, and, and that's what I, I kind of would reinforce saying that, look, to this, this scenario that you said, there is, there is a, there will be a background. There will be a background of trusting the company, trusting the person, my own insecurity. I think if we are 1,000 people here, 1,000 people will come with their own level of insecurity. A very good way of looking at a culture of an organization is a time when you're doing performance evaluation. Mm -hmm. Because in insecurities just come up. The same team which is doing a trust fall on each other is kind of insecure to even kind of support each other. So to your point, exactly, purpose is very important. But purpose is also driven by if you create an environment that people feel exploring their purpose. Right. I turned 40 this year. Uh, and as people would say, a lot of time you go through a midlife crisis. For me, one of the things that I don't shy away talking to people is saying that I am, I feel I'm very successful, but today I don't know what's my purpose and I need to find purpose. And people turn around and they say, you're successful. Why do you need a purpose also? And, and, and that's what I'm trying to draw is sometimes what you need to do is you need to find yourself. Yes. And I think as an organization, if you can help people walk into that whole process of purpose, a we call it something known as purpose carving. A 30-minute session, five questions you ask people. Correct. And set your goals. Set your goals. People come out and they kind of get a meaning. They go back, join community, do something or the other. The only thing they do is that the organization has done something for them to feel belonged and find a path. Because what they want in life. And it's as simple as that, Gautam. You know about what you want. But what you need sometime in life is validation and confidence. And I think as human beings... One good thing as a manager you can do is always when people come to you, they already have a solution in mind. They have a decision in mind. Either you can validate or you can tell them the confidence that come out. Burning bridges is what I want to ask you about. A lot of people realize that, you know what, I will abscond from a company, I'll leave a company and I'll get some better job, but the company is trying to retain me, so let me run away. Mm. Without realizing that you have burnt your bridges behind. Right? It's a whole new podcast we can probably come up with about the art of resigning. <laughs> yes. But what are your thoughts about when you leave a company, what is it that you should leave behind and take forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, so I've, uh, I'll give you a concept which I strongly believe in. Uh, I mean, uh, people have opinion about re resigning. I mean, I, I, it's trending. Somebody who's very uh, good influencer is talking about don't serve the notice period today, just leave ah, it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, um, uh, I think sometimes we need to be responsible or, about giving opinion. Opinions are good, but also understand that we are holding responsible. I mean, that's just one school of thought that I would have. Um, I, I think the whole art of, uh, you know, ar around resignations and all those things that I per personally feel, um, I feel it all boils down to uh, how is the employee being treated in the organization? That's one. So it cannot be one-sided that I'm resigning, I'm going to bridge. I think the organization should reflect onto the culture. From an employee perspective, 
I think fundamentally the generation should learn one thing very clearly. We have somewhere or the other in the whole hustle or so-called hustle mm -hmm. forgot about something start similar with H called humbleness. Mm -hmm. We need to be humble as a community, as a society, as somebody who should respect that we've spent time with people around. We have good days, bad days with them. We need to be humble. And I think one of the messages that I give it to a lot of people saying that maybe the company wouldn't have done the best to you, to your expectation, or you wouldn't have kind of delivered to the expectation. It is a social contract or it is an employment contract. It is just a contract. contract. The contract may get over, but you do not know tomorrow who you need in which part of your life. So I think be humble enough to don't burn bridges because at times you do not know who will end up at which crossroad. So I think for that, you have to be humble and you should kind of make it sure that life will take you to different turns. But the only thing you need to do is kind of make it sure that you carry with you the good days and the bad days. And, and you own your direction. So exactly. people talk about destiny, people talk about luck. Uh, as part of your career, I got lucky to have uh, a good project, a good project manager, a teammate. The bottom line is, if you know your abilities, you are able to drive your abilities, you will attract the right kind of people. Yes. And once you start attract, attracting the right kind of people, they'll get you the right kind of challenging work. Once you get that right kind of challenging work, you're in the right cycle for being happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sumit, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you. And uh, I, had a, I had a wonderful time. I hope I didn't make your hair stand up because even if I say some hairy things, my hair doesn't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so, pleasure. Pleasure having you here. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure so to much. interact with you. Cheers. Okay.